0: It's amazing how many times hitting record causes me to sneeze or cough or swallow stupidly loudly or some other random terrible thing that I have to just go and delete and then start all over. If you haven't listened to the last episode, go listen to that if you can first. I think the title something about uh, like a fire truck driving through a house or something along those lines. Um, And then come back and listen to this one. If you can't do that, then just for a quick recap, I talked in the last episode about how small towns tend to amplify random acts of kindness and how in the modern day there's the the hustle and the bustle of the world and it's so hard to get your message heard or have something seen. Whereas in a small town, often random acts of kindness are observed and noticed by lots of people who then are inspired and go on to treat the people they encounter with more kindness and it creates a great ripple effect and that we have this capability in a small town of creating culture change that we shouldn't take for granted. So today I want to talk about the opposite of that, the other side, the dark side of that truth. Um, if small towns amplify things and acts of kindness are amplified and can create culture change and all that, then (laughs) the sad truth is all of the negative things are also amplified and cause ripple effects and, and matter, uh, that what we do affects other people. So I, I, have read one of my favorite books just came out this I think in January of 2018 and I've already read it a couple times because I just really like it and I think that there are secrets in it that and and answers to a lot of the problems that we face as small communities and each time I read it I, I get a little more out of it and it's one of those books that is so simple but so dense that I know when I read it that there are great life-changing things in here that I'm missing and I, I just feel like I can't get it all at once so anyway that's beside the point uh except the point is go read this book the book is called The Culture Code it's by Daniel Coyle and I think he wrote the Talent Code a number of years ago about uh, it's, it's talking about HR talent in and companies and employees and and things like that. Also very good. But the Culture Code talks about more kind of the Talent Code, but instead of on an individual basis, it's talking about creating cultures. It's geared more towards companies and how to create winning cultures within your organization, but then it's something that can also be applied to um, organizations themselves, clubs, things like that, and towns. I really believe that a lot of the answers for how to create thriving small towns lies in the psychology behind creating thriving communities. Because if you think about it, the economic development and the things that that we're looking at taking big city ideas how they create thriving towns and get people to move and all this we've been trying for a long time to look at those and then scale it down to our towns and there there are nuggets of truth there but it doesn't apply perfectly and it's very hard to scale these things down to Tiny populations, tiny amounts of funding, tiny amounts of volunteers, you know, in comparison, if if you're talking about a pool, not that we don't love to volunteer in our small towns, and there's lots of people who give of themselves, many, many hours a week. It's incredible and and extraordinarily generous. But if you're talking about a a larger pool, if you're in a city or community that, that this place that's, you know, talking about this great revitalization, and, and they've had volunteers that have cleaned this up or done this or done that. But you're talking about 10,000 people, 20,000 people, volunteers, and, and you know not everybody volunteers. So you're looking at a large population. If you're going to draw out 10,000 volunteers and they all give a half hour of their time in a week, that's still 5,000 hours of something in a week of change, of work, of progress. That's a lot. Whereas in our small towns, we have people that give five hours a week but when you've only got a handful of them that do it, even if you had a hundred dedicated volunteers in your town that give five hours selflessly every week towards something that promotes the betterment of your community, that's only 500 hours in a week, which is incredible. And collectively, I mean, 500 hours is, is massive, And can make great change. I don't mean to belittle that at all. But I'm just saying when we're trying to scale something that requires what they say, a little bit of investment from volunteers, you know, just a half hour of their time. But a half hour of investment adds up to 5,000 hours. It's hard to scale that down to a town that even with people giving 10 times as much time, only adds up to 500 hours. I mean, think about... Anything, If you were going to do a job, how much farther do you get after 5,000 hours rather than 500? So I'm not trying to bring us down and depress us about the realities. I'm just saying that it's hard to scale things into a a smaller scale. It's not as simple as just, we'll take these ideas that these bigger cities are doing and, and then we'll apply them here. There's a lot of vision and inspiration and things like that that we can take from those, but it doesn't apply perfectly. So my personal belief is that for inspiration and guidance and the answers for how we need to turn our ships around... I don't think it lies in looking at economic development, or at least not economic development alone. We need to start looking at community development in communities our size. And it's hard to find, you know, we can draw inspiration from other towns our size, but we have a huge, huge potential in looking at groups are size organizations organizations are size think about how many large companies there are that are the size of our small towns or organizations that have chapters and membership the size of our small towns that's not rare in our country to have companies and national organizations that have the same amount of employees or members as our towns have in population. And we're lucky because while it might be hard to find research and psychological research on how to build communities that have been focused around our small towns, there has been a lot of research done on building cultures within companies and organizations So we have a huge untapped resource in all of that research. So the culture code, going back to that book, that's why I love it. It is not written for, you know, with a subtitle of how you can help improve the community in your small town, but that's exactly what it holds in it because we are a community and I think the subtitle of the book is actually The Secrets of Highly Successful Groups. So even if he means groups to be companies and organizations, ye, the town population is a group. If you have chosen to live in this town, whether you're on board or not, you're part of this group. You are part of this group of in this being in this town or in this county. So that's... I'll quit harping on that, but I I think that is where we can learn a lot. In the book, the basic premise in the very beginning, when he's just breaking down what makes a group good and have potential, before he goes into giving examples of different companies and organizations and what they do to be incredible, he lays out the very base requirements for a group that is successful and thriving is that all of the members of the group have to believe three truths. Those three truths that are at the core of everything then that can be built. Number one, we are connected. Number two, we are safe. And number three, we share a future. That's what we need to get all of our citizens in our towns to believe. That we are connected, we are safe, we share a future. Each individual has to know that they are connected, they are safe, we share a future. The first one's pretty easy because we know, I mean, we are connected. Everything that happened. think about gossip. If we weren't so tightly connected, gossip wouldn't proliferate throughout the town the way it does. So... That one's easy. Nailed it. We are safe. Here's where we trip up. Uh, Coyle goes in in the book to talk about the the things that trip up groups. Safety in this sense doesn't mean. I don't worry about getting shot when I go outside. I don't worry about getting robbed when I leave my car unlocked. I don't worry about, you know, it's beyond physical safety. Although that's important too. And you definitely have to have that. But that's one of the wonderful things about small towns is they're, they're safe. They are safe places to live and raise families. Even if there's talk about crime rates on the rise and all of this, well, Yes, crime is everywhere I'm not there's no place that's perfectly that's perfectly safe, but that's safety in this sense though back to that coyle is talking about. he's talking about safety to let down your guard, safety to express opinions, safety to innovate. You have to feel safe to open your mouth in order to have a voice, and we need everyone in our town to have a voice. We need to get out of this rut, to get out of this negative way of thinking, whether it's true or not true that small towns are dying. Because it's not true. But it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. What matters is that there are these negative stereotypes that we are fighting against. There is a cultural idea and connotation about the negative things of small town living that we've got to burst through and and ideally show that they are not true. But to do that, we need to start brainstorming. We need to be able to come to the table and share ideas. To do that, we have to have a voice. People have to be empowered to speak and they will never speak if they don't feel safe. And how do we attack that safety? What, what makes them not feel safe? The number one thing is negativity. Negativity and skepticism. And I don't have to tell you that our small towns crawl with negativity. It just permeates every part of town life. If you look for it, it's there just Teeming under the surface ready to swallow up potential and good ideas and bog it down. Bog down the progress. Bog down the hope. Negativity is what swallows our hope and our chances of making things better. And it comes from skepticism. That's a huge one where someone voices an idea and the instant answer it, well, that won't work because of this. And maybe it's true, that's totally beside the point, but we've got to stop. We think we're helping, we think we're being, oh, I'm just, I'm just a realist, I'm just an analytical person. We think that we're being helpful by quickly looking at the possible pitfalls in an idea. That's not what brainstorming is. That is not I heard uh, a coach once talk about um and it was it was a business coach that I had talking about when he was in his m b a classes there was a round table seminar type class that the group had to build a business and in from scratch and and make it profitable and so they had to start with just purely nothing and in the beginning, the very first steps were just brainstorming. What are we going to sell? What will our product be? What will our, what will our business look like? How will it be structured? All of these things. They were starting from nothing. So the first task was to brainstorm. So they all come in and they sit down and they're around the table. And the professor has a spray water bottle sitting next to him on the table. And so he opens it up. He says, okay, let's start brainstorming. What are some ideas? What are some, what are some things we could do? And they start throwing out the students in the class. They all start, you know, well, we could do this. We could do that. And the first time somebody said, well, that won't work because the professor, lightning fast, grabbed the water bottle, sprayed the student. We're talking a 24 year old college student, sprayed him in the face and said, bad kitty, bad kitty. And and the whole class was just stunned, obviously. Like, just what in the craziness just happened? But they went on, kept brainstorming, and then as soon as somebody said something negative and, and, and voiced a, hey, well, this is because, you know, well, no, this probably won't work because of this, water bottle came out, sprayed, bad kitty, bad kitty. And finally, they learned and realized that the professor was training them in the most literal sense, just like you would train an animal, to avoid jumping in with why that doesn't work. Because as soon as your brain starts thinking about reason something might not work, it shuts down the creativity. It shuts down the part of your brain that is open to possibility and searching for possibility and is is filing through the world trying to pull out the card, you know, it's like a card catalog of ideas and trying to pull out the ones that might be awesome and your brain just loves to do this deep down. It loves to thumb through this card catalog of ideas and look for inspiration but as soon as you start pulling out a card and analyzing it, and seeing, you know, see what's written on that card, and then pointing out all the reasons it's a bad idea, your brain stops, it stops looking through all the possibilities. Now there's a time and place for it, it's later. But the purpose of brainstorming, when you've got a problem, and you're at rock bottom, and you've got to just get some ideas, what can we do, what might work? You've got to just brain dump onto the table. And as soon as Somebody starts adding negative things. They are not being an asset, even though we glorify it as, oh yeah, they're really good at at seeing potential flaws. That is a gift in the right time and place. The crisis that small towns are in of low morale and low safety, let's just call it what it is. People do not feel safe because we do not feel safe to voice our ideas. And that is what we need to change. We've got to create communities where people feel safe, being open and honest, and feel like they have a voice. So bringing it back to the last episode where I talked about how random acts of kindness are amplified, we have to realize that negativity is amplified too. That one person trying to start a business, hearing comments of, Well, that's never going to work. That's a stupid idea. It doesn't matter if you don't like it. You're not their only customer. Maybe, blow your mind, maybe you're not the target audience. Maybe you're not their market for this business. It's okay. It's okay if you don't like it. They're not asking for your opinion. But when people try to step out on a ledge and try things and try to make things better and try to start businesses, try to create a sense of community and do fun things, and, and people voice negative opinions, it shuts down that hope. It makes the few people who are willing to stick their neck out and try things, it makes them even more likely to stop trying. And we cannot afford in our communities to have people stop trying things. We need people who will come in and embrace possibility and try things. So we've got to start realizing that when we do good, small, small acts of encouragement and kindness can be amplified and change the culture. But unfortunately, even the smallest voices and acts of negativity or skepticism can shut down the cultural progress. That's all I've got for today. I'm Alex Real, this is Small Town Tenacity and I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye.